1: Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Ace Boogie of New Stripe City. My co-host Zim, Zem Hude of Instagram, of Twitter. Zim, how you feeling today, bro?
2: I'm feeling very, very, very inspired um, by the future. I'm still looking forward to the future, although we're coming off of the first win of the season. We are 1 in 11, people. Um, I don't feel great about the actual win itself is in terms of what it means for the draft and more importantly some of the stuff that took place like after the game is what it's is kinda of got me a little worried and bothered. I'm not scared but I'm a little bothered. But at the end of the day it's our team. I love to see them play well and I love to see like a win. So like even during the game, I was cheering for you know, cheering for the Bengals. How did how did you feel about it during the game? Were you cheering for them to win? Uh,
1: I was definitely cheering for them to win. I think um, one thing that I did want to avoid this season was being a part of that 0-16 club, right? Because no one wants to be a part of that. Like, it's it's so bad that uh, my daughter, she's a Bengals and a Lions fan, right? So she was, like, talking trash to me during Thanksgiving, and she was just like, you know, how many wins do the Lions have? And I was like, you know, three. She was like, how many wins do the Bengals have? And I was just like, ooh. And I was like, well, you know what? We never went 0-16. You guys started that. So, like, it would have been bad if we would have went 0-16 because then I couldn't really say that we were that much better than the Lions. But for me, the 0-16 evasion was good. Um, the scary part about it, however, though, is – You know, the good part was Miami and Washington won, but the bad side was that New York once again lost. Um, They are now one game out of uh, first place. But I think that 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 makes a lot of interesting scenarios that can really play out uh, from from now until April. Um, So, for me, definitely was cheering on the Bengals. Glad that guys like Joe Mixon and, and, and Zach were able to kind of get that win because they just seemed like they were kind of, in a sense, defeated. So definitely um, definitely was cheering them on. I was inspired, like you said, by some of the performances that I saw, like uh, Lou, Lou Anarumo. But we'll get into more of that. Anarumo, yeah.
2: That, that might have been Lou um, Anarumo's best game.
1: Yes, I I tend to agree with that
2: that that statement. So, but but you know what, before we get into the game, I'm going to say this though. It it goes back to what we've been saying all along, and I and this is one thing that I've always said. If you give this team a lead, then all of the pass rushers in the defense is going to look so much better playing with the lead. I don't think people understand what that does to a defense, if you've ever played football or anything like that, especially from a pass rushing standpoint, I do want to just start off that and preface what we're about to analyze in the game like by that. To me, that was the biggest difference in the game versus any game that we've had all year. Right.
1: And, I mean, the Bengals literally have basically never played with a lead this entire season outside of really like yesterday. So. It was it was good to see that. And, man, you have said that for the longest on this podcast is this defense isn't that bad. They just didn't have anything. The offense never gave them anything to keep them off of the field after they make, you know, big plays in terms of keeping points off of the board.
2: That was the issue for me. Exactly. And, I mean, when you're able to exploit, you know, the biggest weaknesses, you know, uh, from an offensive standpoint, when you have a lead, you're able to exploit our biggest weakness, which was linebacker. When you're not playing with the lead, then you can't attack those levels the same way that you want. And even when you do attack it, it's super predictable. Like, right. it was so predictable. And my and mind you, Jets don't have a big-time wide receiver to, to demand double teams anyway. So right. you're getting all that safety help. Jesse Bates was coming down like crazy in the box, like all day, like I was so impressed with his tackling and, and even on some of the p- plays that Robbie Anderson had caught, Jesse Bates and William Jackson. I mean, you could see the aggression of like what it takes to make impact big plays, like in big moments. You got to see like glimpses of that, and I'm sitting there saying there to myself like, I, I mean, I, I guess we can't play the Jets every week, and they're not as talented as the Bengals in my mind, but it just goes to show you. They're, this team is not an 0-11, you know, talent-level team. And the right. fact that they're 0-11, I guess that's why everybody started looking at Zach Taylor, including myself last week. Like, they're, right. they're, like to me, it's just too many players. And with all these teams that we look at when we're playing, like when we were playing the Cardinals or when we were playing, I, I don't even really like the Bills roster. I like their defense. I love their scheme, a lot of different things like that. But there's so many things, there's so many holes that they have. And the coaching staff is getting the most out of their their tight end, like Knox, and all these guys that are, like, average players. Right. And then I look at our players, and I'm like, how are we now 1-11, but how are we 0-11 with this talent level? And that's what always led me to the quarterback. So right. then when we go fast forward, we might as well get into it. This is Andy Dalton's first game back. When we get into it, it's it's the dream scenario for Dalton. And, and that's not to say – I'm not taking away anything that he did. I feel like he played a complete game, a mistake-free game, and he he took the chances that he had to take, and he pulled the triggers that I've been asking him to pull all year. The Tyler Boyd touchdown in between on the seams is a throw he's been reluctant to throw all year. But stadium, at the lowest lowest, uh, attendance all year, because I think uh, they said 2005, 39,000 in attendance. So all your audit all your audibles, all your cadences, everything super crystal clear. Jet defense. Jamal Adams goes out. All of the defense that, that like most of their starters or whatever are out like on their offensive side of the ball. Had a, a boatload of them out on the defensive side of the ball. Andy Dalton's playing with no pressure, fresh off the bench, nothing to prove. If he wins the game, okay, cool. If he loses the game, everybody's like, okay, cool. No pressure. Perfect situation for Andy Dalton. Mistake-free football. Should have had two touchdowns. If Uzama didn't drop the touchdown. But right. those are the things that we've been calling for all year. So when we start talking about, like, hey, we want to get a quarterback in here that can do this or do that, we're not looking for 400 yards a game, and I'm not looking for the reincarnation of Joe Montana. I'm looking at right. it from a, a culture standpoint and a consistency standpoint. The reason why Joe Burrow comes up and a lot of people love Joe Burrow is because consistently he throws for 300 a game and he does everything that they're him to do. He had one bad quarter that I can remember. It was the third quarter in the Alabama game, but what did he do? He came back in the fourth quarter and won the game. The consistency is what we're looking for. I'm not looking for some big-time 500-yard-a-game Patrick Mahomes-type talent to take over this team and everything like that. That would be nice, but what you saw from the game – was a quarterback that played with a lead, and as a result, he was able to focus, uh, be confident in his decisions, and I think it carried over throughout the rest of the team. And the defense did what they were going to do all year if they played with a lead. Everybody is always harping on the defense, defense, defense. But now that I got you in these situations where now I have a 10-point lead, 12-point lead, I know that you're passing. And even if you do run, I know what types of run plays. You're limited on the run plays that you're going to call. I know that if you're in a shotgun, I know that that's a draw. And if it's not a draw, my linebacker is going to step up. If I don't see the handoff, boom, I'm backing up, back in the covers. Sam Darnold is going to have a nightmare because all of my edge rushers are coming full speed. That's what I've been saying all year, if you have a lead. But when you don't have a lead and the defensive end is now trying to predict, is it going inside? Is it going outside? Oh, if I bite on that, now my linebackers are exposed. And that just happened all year. And this is this is the product of that. And then, and then uh, overall, a very, very bad Jets team.
1: Yeah, I think um, several things that
2: I took away from
1: this were going into this game, I actually was worried that the Jets would actually beat the Bengals. Um, but I did still think that this was a winnable game for the Bengals. But the reason I say that is because the Jets um, if you guys were watching the game, they they put up a graphic that said that the Jets have scored uh, 34 points per game in the last three games. And for me, I was like, there's no way they're going to not come in here and blow the top off of this defense, right? Like, I thought that it would still be competitive. I think I had it at 24-14 or, or something around that last week. Um, and I was very impressed by the way that this defense came out, most notably the defensive line like you talked about. Uh, Carlos Dunlap. Big game, huge game for him. And this was some of the things that I touched on uh, the last two weeks. I had had been saying, you know, the last three weeks now, the Bengals' defensive line has emerged. A big reason for that, Carlos Dunlap is healthy, Carl Lawson is healthy, and you just see the deep – like, it's almost night and day when you look at the difference between having those two guys back. And Carlos Dunlap goes out, gets three sacks, brings them to five-and-a-half sacks on the season, I mean, if he has another couple of games where he has one or two sacks, this guy could end up with eight or nine sacks in the season, which is crazy. Given that a couple of weeks ago or about a month ago, him being injured and missing some games, dude only had like two sacks at one point. I think so, he will.
2: I think he'll get in sacks.
1: I think he. I think it's definitely attainable. Another thing, this is like I, we've talked a lot about the defense. We we blamed a lot of people. People have to start giving kudos to Lou and Arumu. Now I know that season has not went as well as we've thought, but to me, a lot of that was not Lou's fault because the offense couldn't stay on the field. Uh, Some of the packages that he rolled out there yesterday, Sam Hubbard dropping in the coverage, Sam Hubbard being stacked on a three defensive lineman front with Sam Hubbard at the linebacker position, running in on a blitz. like It was just some exotic rush packages that I saw from this guy yesterday, and also the emergence of Darquez Denard uh, shoring up that secondary. Uh, I mean, I saw this guy. I'm not a huge Denard fan, I still think that he's a very solid slot corner. Um, uh, he does a great job in terms of tackling, he does a great job. Um, he did a great job yesterday in terms of coverage, swatting away key passes. Um, you just see the potential of what this Bengals defense can be if certain items align without Drake Kirkpatrick being in there, being exploited. Obviously, Darius Phillips was back, didn't see him that much. Uh, But between B.W. Webb, William Jackson III, and Darquez Denard um, and, you know, Darius Phillips here and there, that secondary looked very strong, Uh, Jesse Bates being in key positions at P points. But the biggest change for me from Lou has been his adjustment to the linebackers. You guys know that I hate our linebackers. I've talked about them, uh, you know, at – it's it's just been unbearable at this point. If you're hearing me, you probably know Ace hates our linebackers, right? The linebackers, I didn't even notice them yesterday. That's how good Lou Lou Anarumo has done. To be honest with you, ever since they cut Preston Brown, and I'm not just blaming it on Preston, Preston Brown, but ever since they've cut him, the linebackers have continued to look better and better and better every week. Now, I think that it has to do with the scheme because I'm still not a fan of our linebackers, but that adjustment alone, to me, speaks volumes. Andy Dalton comes back. He has a good game, uh, not a great game. He, it possibly could have been a great game if two of those uh, throws to the tight end are actually caught, so maybe we're looking at a three-touchdown game. Um, he did a better job, as me and them have criticized him in the past and others have criticized him about, dealing with pressure. Um, he had, He had some plays that he probably – Should have dealt with the pressure better. But overall, it seems like he had this edge, this chip on his shoulder uh, about coming back and trying to prove the Dalton haters or the Dalton uh, deniers wrong about certain things about his game, such as throwing balls away on third downs and giving up on drives and taking sacks. So it seemed like he tried to play with a little bit of edge um, on him. However, I will say it seemed like it kind of bottomed out in the second half. So although he had a great first half, would have liked to have seen us score some more points. But I'm not going to take that much away from him because he did breathe life back into this offense. Now, I Tate, I mean, I can't say enough about I Tate. the dude is making circus catches. There's a, a viral picture going around on Twitter. Uh And if you are on Twitter, follow me, at New Stripe City. Follow Zim, at Zim Hude. But there's a catch that yeah. my guy, Flemlow, um, actually posted and it's like ridiculous it's like Auden Tate sandwiched in between two guys you can't even make out his jersey all you see is his two long arms in between these two defenders of oh, you know these crazy catches that Auden Tate has been putting together um so great game from him uh Tyler Boyd got it started with a score early uh Joe Mixon gets in and this this Bengals team just has you kind of starstruck and looking at them like how did how is this team one the 11 You know, they put all three phases, in my opinion, uh, together in this game. Uh, Cordy Glenn, uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying, myself included, oh, let's let Cordy Glenn walk next year. I think that might be a mistake because he clearly is a huge difference uh, when he's in there at left tackle versus, you know, some of the other guys that we've had at left tackle. So I'm not sure what that means. And this has just really opened up Pandora's box. That's that's about – the only part that scares me because now Cordy Glenn is playing good. Do you keep him and not cut him next year to save that nine and a half million in cap? Uh, Andy Dalton's playing better. Is is he gonna win enough games for the Bengals to lose the top spot? You know, don't do a lot
2: that of, to us. There's, there's don't do that of, to us.
1: <laughs> but it is real, right? So it's yes, it's nice that the Miami Dolphins. But this is the thing, and this is what I was thinking of, right? So um if the Giants do get the number one pick, right, the biggest thing the biggest thing that the Bengals have to worry about if they, they and I'm assuming let's just say that they finish at two, right? Let's just play hypotheticals here. Giants are one, Bengals are two. To me there's no way that the Giants are not shaking, taking Chase Young, right? So the Bengals in my mind still have a shot at Burrow
2: unless the Giants I don't know. stand on I don't know. down. That that was a big uh that was a big discussion. If you guys don't know, I do a live stream every Sunday on Zim underscore Hoothey on Instagram. That was a big discussion and I kinda went off on people because wow. this this idea that the Giants just because they drafted Daniel Jones just because they drafted him doesn't mean that they're not gonna be looking at a quarterback with the new head coach. Learn more at marines dot com.
1: So you think that Dave Gettleman is going to get
2: fired? That's basically what you're saying. Even if he didn't get fired, Burrow's on the table, the upside, the everything about him, and you got to look at it like this: Cincinnati Bengals fans are the most patient fan base I have ever seen. Outside mm-hmm. of Cincinnati, if you go to New York, Washington D.C., New England, all these different places. They don't have time for losing. Mm-hmm. Bengals fans have time for losing, and they want to create excuses for Dalton and different things like that throughout all this time. One thing that I know is if you come off this season and you only win two games, and Saquon Barkley starts complaining, all your all your anybody that you that you value there starts mm-hmm. complaining, you're going to be looking at quarterback. There's no way around it. Like. Any NFL team, any legitimate franchise, that's why everybody is looking at Bengals fans. Like, are y'all serious? Like, nobody respects Dalton. Nobody respects like us on the strength of well, you can't win without you know a good quarterback, and that mm-hmm. goes that goes around the league. If they only win two games, they will Josh Rosen, Daniel Jones. That's not. I'm afraid of any team that only wins two games. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the likelihood of them picking Chase Young. It's probably a lot higher, but mm-hmm. best believe there will be giant scouts at LSU's game coming up, and I and I guarantee you that I will put sure. any amount of money on it. And they ain't coming to see, uh, uh what's the corner I love? I love their corner. Um, ah, I can't think of his name. Shoot, I'm gonna pull it up. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, they're not coming just to see that. They're coming to see Joe Burrow. Right.
1: Sure.
2: If two is if two is sitting right there and they and they could trade back or something like that they're looking at two as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody is off the table. And even if you thought that a team was off the table, because Mm -hmm. Dolphins have so much firepower with their first round, Mm -hmm. all those teams could trade up. And the only organization that wouldn't take that trade bait from the Dolphins would be the Cincinnati Bengals. That's the reason why I'm so, so heavy on this Joe Burrow thing because I know Mike Brown and them, them getting those Mm -hmm. three uh, first round draft picks or whatever, Mm-hmm. Um, from this year is not enough for him. They will have to give him this and next year. And then, yeah, then you could convince me. That's the only way you could convince me not to take Joe Burrow at number one. And even still, I don't even like that. I think take your guys, go with it, and whatever. You know what I mean? Because the downside, the drop off from the best uh, quarterback, Joe Burrow, to the next quarterback, to me, to Herbert, is very severe to me at this point. And, and, sure. and, and, well. and Herbert could work. But it's just like Andy Dalton. I said, if you don't put the proper resources around him, you don't put the proper line around him and stuff like that, he will fail, in my opinion. I am mm-hmm. not a, I'm not a, a draft analyst or anything like that. That's just my opinion. Joe Burrow is one of the few guys that I think mentally has the fortitude to, like, stand up to all of the stuff that he'll have to go through through Cincinnati. And on top of that, he has time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? so, like, I love that, that about it. But I'm telling you right now, Giants are always on. They're always Giants. Redskins. Anybody play and you only win two, three games, and, and you don't win four games, yeah, you're looking at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that the Giants would entertain a quarterback. I just think that we have to kind of paint a realistic possibility that could happen now. Now that they, the Bengals, have entrenched Andy Dalton back as a starter. You're going against the Browns team next week. That uh, I just watched them this last game against Steelers. They don't look good. Um, oh, the Browns see, game, see they're, is they're inconsistent.
2: They're inconsistent. That they, I think I think that they'll come to play though. And I, I'll tell you this too. I I can't stress this enough. And this is not to take away from Dalton because do played a solid game, but the Browns are a lot better than the Jets. Yeah,
1: um, I think that that's fair. Um, the thing that scares me though is. Are the Giants better than the Jets? Because the Giants just lost to the Jets. They just lost to the Bears. Um, Obviously, they lost to the Packers. And this is a team that has to play the Eagles, which I think is a game that they'll possibly lose, even though the Eagles did just lose to the Dolphins. Yeah, Eagles will come back mad. Eagles will come back mad and destroy them. They have to play
2: the Dolphins. They have to play the Redskins.
1: And then they have
2: to play the Eagles again. I think that I think they can win at least one of those games. I, I, we
1: better hope that they can because I have the Bengals now possibly winning. There's two possible games that the Bengals could win, one against the Browns and one, one against the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. And those two games could be the difference between us picking between number one and number two. And it's not – to me it's not about – uh, you know, not wanting to remain optimistic about the number one pick. It's just looking at that Giants team, they are horrible. And if you have any of their players, which I do in fantasy football, it's almost like they're kind of tanking their You know, they, I got Shepard on the
2: bench. Did you play? Do you got Sterling Shepard? No, I
1: actually <laughs> had I had Golden Tate, I had um, Evan Ingram, and I have Saquon Barkley, all on one team. Okay. And okay. they literally sat um, Evan Ingram, they sat uh, go to tape. I honestly think that they're low key tanking. I, in my opinion, I think they're they're, they're low key tanking um, to make sure mm. that they they get that number one spot or that they're in play for it. I think they realize <clears throat> that the Bengals bringing back Andy Dalton last week uh, kind of solidifies their chance to get the number one pick. So I think,
2: and honestly, I think that the Giants are tanking. The only thing I, I think you're drinking some of the Dalton Kool Aid a little bit, Ace. Nah, I'm not. I'm. I'm just being know. realistic. Like, like look, before realistic. the game, before the game, he was 0 and 8 before he came in. In his last right. 14 games, he was one and 13. Why is right. the? Why does people? I know that Dalton is a lot better than what? Finley. I know, <laughs> I'm not not, I know you're not. I know you I know you But you're you're coming off that win, I, and, no, and 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 no. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, he was one for 13. He was one and 13 in his last 14 games. Him playing a, a bad Jets team doesn't do anything for me because I understand Dalton so well, better than the average fan. I know when he w- when he's ready to go, and I know when he's not. And it's always like the first or two series. It could be a bad series, but I can tell. And when he starts coming out hot, like throwing his, uh, throwing the ball high and stuff like that, it's going to be a bad game for him. I watch so many Dalton games. I know what he's about. When he plays against the Browns, is it is this game right here coming up in Cleveland? Uh, I'm not, let me, let me. I'm going to look it. it up. I'm going to look it yeah, up. It, yeah, it's in Cleveland. I cool. Just,
1: Perfect. I know the Browns, Perfect. though, too. That's the not Browns, a Dalton game. The Browns are the Browns, bro. Like, I watched The them. Browns have been I, kicking our butt. I literally had a ticket this weekend that I would have won. It was a five-play parlay ticket. The reason that I lost that game, that, that ticket, the reason I lost $800, was because of the Cleveland Browns. They're not good. I watched the entire game between them and the Steelers. They're not good.
2: Did you like, see them against
1: Pittsburgh, though, against a bad yeah, team? Against
2: Pittsburgh. Dominated Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Against Dominated Pittsburgh.
1: Drafted, that was with Mason Rudolph. With dusk yesterday a undrafted quarterback they could Tape. not beat the
2: Steelers. The tape's out on duck. We gonna, they, we listen, we're going to get them. We're going to knock Pittsburgh out. Listen, uh not the Raiders, but who's the other team that's going to knock them out of the wild card? Oh my god. And All then right, this we, is
1: the other thing. Like Baker Mayfield has a hand contusion. Like he hit he hurt his hand yesterday against mm, the Steelers. Like I didn't one know of the that. Steelers, one of the Steelers before halftime, one of the Steelers, he hit his hand on one of the Steelers' helmets and he just I don't know, bro. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to project that. You know I know I want the number one pick. But looking at the Cleveland Browns yesterday in that fourth quarter, even after Duck threw an interception for them to get the ball back and tie up the game, I'm looking at guys on the sideline of their team, like the Odell Beckhams and the Baker Mayfields. There was just no hope and energy. And I'm like, Bro, you're still in this game. In
2: game yeah. And
1: what happens is they go out. They end up. They end up. They had about two or three opportunities to win that game yesterday in the fourth quarter. They finally stopped the Steelers. The Steelers do them a solid, and Duff makes a rookie mistake, and with and, and uh, I think with less than two minutes to go, throws the ball out of bounds on third down, stopping the clock, giving them two minutes to go down the field and score a touchdown. And Baker Mayfield and the Browns come out. They miss they they go all the way into third and ten and then Baker Mayfield throws an interception, which in my opinion should have been reviewed because it looked like the guy from the Steelers, Joe Hayden,
2: got yeah. that
1: interception. Which I, I
2: thought was, I thought it was a pick though.
1: That should uh, have it, been
2: It's like a little a little it was like a little loose where, yeah. I, I know It was a saying. little loose. It
1: looked it like he trapped it. It at least should have been looked at. They didn't even yeah.
2: look at it. Like that. They just ran in the that game, play, yeah. yeah, they just what? ran so, in that. So so hold on, that was like, at the same time as the Bengals game it had to be, right?
1: Uh, yeah, that was about like the end around, of the Bengals game. Yep, okay, they were, yeah, they were ending around the same time.
2: So, and I know live one... stream people don't let me turn the channel. I'm like, hey, I want to watch the end of the Ravens game. No, we won't watch the victory. So, no, I got
1: so what I did yesterday is I got the big screen, and so mm-hmm. I have um, I have like the little Cody joint on that. So, I was watching the Bengals mm-hmm. game through Cody, and then on my phone, I had um. I had a Sunday ticket because I, I also paid for Sunday ticket or whatever. So, I had them mm-hmm. both up at the same time. So, I was going mm-hmm. back and forth, and I was just like, that Browns game made me frustrated. It was like I was watching the Bengals against the
2: Steelers, and it's like, yeah, yeah this, Browns this, Browns have a lot of head-scratching moments, bro, like when it, when you're playing. But I, I'm going to tell you that I, I just don't see the Bengals beating the Browns. like, I, And I don't even think it's going to be maybe on that second one, but this first one, yeah, no. Nah. I'm telling you, Dalton – Against them, Mm-mm. this that's is why not, this, that's, this that's is why the Bengals team. are gonna that's...
1: win. This is why the Bengals are gonna win. The Browns' offensive line is just as bad as the Jets and the Bengals. Like if the Bengals have yeah. another field day like they yeah. did, if they, they if will. that defensive they line will. has a field day, and if yeah, they like... hit Baker and he gets hurt and he goes out the game. The Bengals mm-hmm. are going to win that game. Yeah, they're going to win right. one of those games.
0: I do, right. I have them
1: winning one of them. Now, Miami, I'm hoping that Miami beats us because I think Miami's a better team. I think that they're more competitive. Uh, you know, we're not beating the New England Patriots. You might as well kiss that game goodbye. That's going to be Wouldn't probably that be something? Go
2: up. Let me ask you this. That, that leads me to a question I have for you. Someone posed this in the question. Say he wins the next game, right, against the Browns, and then we play the Patriots after that, right? Right. So then – what if Dalton looks good against oh, the Patriots God. and oh, wins the God. and wins the game? Like <laughs> let's say let's say we're still in the number one, number two spot when this is all said and done. That's right. But 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 Andy Dalton looks good against the Patriots. Like oh, not God. not not even like yesterday. Let's say he goes for three hundred two touchdowns. Oh my God. That's
1: like fool's gold. In my opinion, you already know what our opinions are. It's fool's gold. In Mike Brown's opinion, is false hope. I don't think I don't, it, think, it, I don't even think really... Mike Brown
2: is going for that though. Before the season, Mike Brown came out and said if Andy Dalton doesn't have playoff winning football, then we'll we'll address that at that, that point. Pretty much saying that he is not shiny Dalton if he doesn't come to play. If right. Andy Dalton beats the Browns, that does hold a lot of weight with Mike Brown. And right. this is one scenario I could see happening. Ross come back. Aj Green come back for a game or something like that, and they look unstoppable with Dalton. Oh and, God. And, it Just threw and, up in my and, mouth. And and, and 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 this is the crazy thing too. As much as I don't want to see Dalton there, it, and this is this is the part that I don't like about it, is that I could see a scenario where I'm saying, all right. If y'all want to go chase young, and then y'all give me a quarterback, like whatever, like later on, and and and, that, and that's my worst case scenario too, because then you got Dalton coming out there again after he already quit on you, said he wanted to get traded as soon as they benched him, and then he comes out there and he look, but let's say he looked good in those games, and everybody says, see, but a healthy roster, Dalton is going to be what we need, da-da-da. and and you could convince this fan base because. The little bit of success that he had, those five seasons where they went to the playoffs, is good enough for a lot of fans for the rest of their lives. Like, there's no talking them out of it. Those five games, like, there's Joe Flacco fans that are like that to this day. I'm near Baltimore.
1: There's Joe Flacco
2: fans to this day that tell me, like, Joe Flacco, you give him a line and you give him this, he's going to be unstoppable. And and, and Joe Flacco's pretty clutch, like, in my opinion. But, um... There's some people that just won't get off the Dalton train. I I posed the question to people, and people were like, yeah, you know, I I can roll with Dalton. And I just think it's kind of crazy. But at the end of the day, if he played like he played yesterday, just enough, that's all I really need. What he was doing throughout the whole season was pretty much giving up on third down plays, throwing it away, uh, not scrambling, not moving, not manipulating the pocket, not doing any of those things. He had a third down conversion, and a guy in my um in my live stream, his name escapes me, but he said like the greatest thing. He said, "Yeah, that bitch really woke up Dalton and showed him exactly what he was missing from his love of football." Because on that third down, it looked like Dalton was going to go out of bounds. He scrambles, scrambles, moves around, boom, hit, converts on third down. And I said, "Bro, that might have been the first time I seen him do that all year." Yeah. He had been he been throwing it away the whole time, and everybody's looking at us and saying, well, why do y'all like not like because of that? But if he did that every week, he doesn't have to throw for 400 yards. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I just need sure. somebody to move the chain. And, yes, the running game now, the cohesion of the offensive line is now starting to make sense for a lot of people. Every It's a lot of things starting to gel. So that begs the question. Is Dalton coming around for another year? And that's the scary part to me is because when they bitched him, to me that was the line in the sand. But what happens is sometimes people get in these relationships and they just can't leave it alone. But I feel like this is the best time to break up. Even right now, even that game yesterday, you could tell me, I could see a lot of teams now. Now his stock is starting to rise a little bit. I could see the Jets. Like think about that. I could see the Jets saying, shoot. We'll take a flyer on Dalton. Like, say Sam Darnold isn't what that—that's a scenario where I can see the Jets saying, "Yeah, we're not going to address a quarterback because they're at a, a perfect spot to go get like a two or somebody like that, or mm-hmm. whatever, or, or uh, uh, Andrew Thomas or somebody like that um, early in the, in the thing." But if they can there's teams like the Chargers. There's a lot of teams out there that ha- that are looking for just a little bit from a Dalton, like like quarterback. If you play like yesterday. And he's building his value back up. I just mm-hmm. hope that the front office just doesn't fall like fall in this trap.
1: Because it, 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 yeah, it,
2: I'm
1: I'm not going need... for it. I don't want it at all. The only now one thing I will say: the only way, I don't know, man. I honestly said that I you would like, it, give it to me. Whew. All right, I could What's the way,
2: scenario you could keep him? The
1: only way I could keep Dalton: give me this scenario. You take Chase Young number one. And you okay. somehow land Tua in the second round.
2: He ain't gonna fall that far. He ain't gonna you, fall that far.
1: And you no wait way. that whole year. You wait that whole year.
2: No way. I'm, you you can catch Hurts in a second. Tua is not going to be. Tua is going to be ready to throw, bro. Tua think, is going to be ready to throw. I don't.
1: I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's watch playing watch next season. I, 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 my my honest opinion, he, from what I've read, I don't think Tua is playing next season. I think he's sitting the whole next season out. In the NFL. Okay. I don't think he, he's even even season. if
2: he even if he sits the whole season out, there are teams in the twenties all day that are taking right. him. If Lamar Jackson falls to the twenties on a guy that you probably thinking like think about like Baltimore in that in that position. Did right. uh, they they, tra- they traded up? Yeah, they traded up to go get. You know, they traded back in to the first round. There, there's going to be a million teams that have that luxury. The uh, I can see like the Tennessee Titans. I can see like a lot of different teams. There are like playoff worthy teams that are going to be right on the fringe that have the luxury of not going to a, a, a day one starter. There's going to be right. about 10 or 12 teams that'll take that to all day. There's no way. You're talking about the number one prospect quarterback. There's no way he falls into the second. And then the only way that he can get up, I mean, the Bengals could go get it to it is if he trades back up, into the, if they trade into the first, and they won't do that. And so why, you, so you know your scenario is over, Chase Young, and then you better be talking Hurts or somebody like uh,
1: that. I, I mean, I, I think one thing that I've learned with the draft over the years, injuries can definitely drop guys. And so depending on depending on how now I'm with you. Like, two is an amazing talent, but I've seen Bruh. year after year injuries drop guys in the rounds. Now I'm not saying that that scenario is like. Did, did, did Jeffrey Simmons? That that, I think that that's like a 5% chance that that actually happens. I don't right, think then, that then, there's then, any, any chance that that really happening. Let's,
2: let's just go to 2018. Didn't Jeffrey Simmons that the Patriots picked up, right? Didn't they come back in the first and get him?
1: The Titans? You're
2: talking about Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans, the defensive tackle, right? No, the only place for the Patriots that he had the season in? And uh, he played for Mississippi State uh, on the Titans. other side of the Titans. So I know the Titans picked him up. So is he he's not playing this whole year, right? Uh, or he, or he, he came or he came back and played like some. But at the time, he, no, he, he's
1: he's actually played this year. He played um
2: he played in October, so he's been playing. It's just that okay. he
1: wasn't there from the get
2: go. Exactly, and Tua is in the same boat. And didn't the Titans pick him in the first round?
1: I don't, I don't think Chua is playing next year.
2: Like you got to think about it.
1: He just sustained that hip injury now. Like it's like week eleven now. Like there's no way that he's gonna. Like this is an injury that takes a full year to heal from. That means he's coming back week eleven, like without practice, without. Like I can't, I can't see that. Me personally, mm-hmm. there's no point to me. Like even if I took him in the top five, right. There's mm-hmm. no point of me playing him next year. Like, what is the point of playing two next year? Why
2: not just redshirt him that year?
1: But if I he's mean, ready,
2: I've been, I've man. been, I've been seeing different reports saying that he's going to be ready to throw and that his hip injury is nothing like that. Bo Jackson. Once they pushed it back into place right there at the at the stadium that day, I've right. been hearing so many different reports that it's not like that, and I've been right. seeing people saying he's going to be ready to throw. I
1: don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I don't think that that's a likely scenario. I just think that that's the only way you can get me on board with that. Anything other than that, I don't want Hurts. I don't want, like, nah. Like, I want Joe Burrow over any of those other scenarios. And even in that scenario, that still doesn't, like, promise that Tua's going to still be good.
2: Like, that's a major injury that he's coming back from. So I think there's a lot of change. I think there's a lot of teams taking that chance somebody took that chance, all it takes is one team to come up and get Lamar Jackson, right, in Mm -hmm. the 20s. it's going to be one team that will take that chance to get the number one. We're talking about Tua probably the number one rated quarterback up until his injury. I mean, Burrow, yeah, he had been making strides or whatever, but the football purists already had fallen in love with Tua, and Tua was the consensus number one, I think, throughout for a lot of people, regardless of what Burrow did. You're talking about the number one guy, number one game-changing guy. I I don't see him falling into the second. So if you take Chase Young, it it goes back to this. I don't know what's going to happen after that. Let's say you do take Chase Young. You're already conceding the fact that you're not looking to replace Dalton immediately. And if you do replace him, it's going to be like a second-round talent that just fell to it and you're just banking on another Andy Dalton-type 2011 draft where. You luck mm-hmm. up and you get this day. You get the starter, some guy that just prevails in camp and just outshines Dalton. Dalton has starts off three games next year and he's really bad. You bench him again, and then this guy comes in. That is mm-hmm. like that is like all hope. I mean. it's, it's, that's all yeah. hope. And I'm trying yep. to say, once you pick, once you pick Chase Young, you are already saying that's the direction of the team. You're already going into but, like. But let me. We're, let me we're going back here, to now. a Cedric Benson type team where we're about to just run the ball and you're right. not banking on any quarterback play. You're me, not banking on third-down conversions. Let, okay. me let me ask you this, Dan. Let me ask you this, Dan.
1: Giants take Joe Burrow. What do the
2: Bengals do at number two? If, I'm, I'm, the Bengals? if I'm the Bengals, I still take two. I go get a free – I go in free agency. I move Dalton because the, the relationship is already sour. I go in free agency. I go get a legit quarterback. I don't know who's out there. I get somebody that's decent to battle with Dola Gala, and Finley pretty much should be cut anyway. But I get somebody short term, whatever, mm-hmm. and I draft Tua, and then and then okay. I come back with Tua the, final, the following year. That's me me being smart and then understanding the value of a quarterback. The Bengals are so scary; they'll never do that.
1: Okay, okay, that makes sense to me. They'll That's never I do that.
2: Wondering. They'll go. So they get Andrew Thomas.
1: So you would. <laughs> take, so you would take Tua
2: like let's yep. say
1: for instance, Tua sits this whole first year. You yep. would take two over Justin Herbert at number two?
2: Yep, sure would. Because Herbert, for, for me, I already I already revised the decision. I posted – if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, please make sure you follow Ace2 on New Stripe City. Follow me on Instagram. I promise you I post, like, the most important stuff. I don't post everything, but I think I do a really good job of posting stuff. I posted this video of Joe Burrow on Senior Night coming out. He comes out with the rose. 80,000 fans cheering. Like so, you already know he handles the pressure. He, you saw him against Alabama. You saw what he oh, does.
1: Oh, Zell. One thing. One thing that I want to say. Chase Young lovers.
2: Zero sacks. Zero tackles.
1: Continue with zero. Joe t- zero
2: tackles and two pressures. All right. So Joe Burrow comes out. He runs out. The fans are going crazy. He's got the rose. He's got this stare that I tell everybody. He's got like a murderer stare. And he's got this stare that is just like I will take down. He reminds me of Ivan Drogic in uh in uh Rocky movies or something like that. He's got this stare where he's just ready to destroy, annihilate people. And he doesn't care if uh, the, his left tackle is hurt. He doesn't care if A.J. Green isn't there. That is the quarterback. That is the Joe Namath, the Broadway Joe that we need. And, and it, it's all about the mental fortitude. It's all about the cultural impact. Just, Justin Herbert is a systematic quarterback where I watch his uh, body language on the, on the sideline. I watch how he responds to big-time uh situations every bad every time he's met with adversity it's always interceptions or shortcomings and and now it might not be his fault but he doesn't resonate so far to the to the team where they're overstepping like they where they're elevating their game to meet his presence and his focus meanwhile Joe Burrow any mean spot any bit spot that means he has to step it up he always has that razor sharp focus that takes them to the next level. And that's the only type of quarterback that can win here in Cincinnati. If you want to get rid of the so called curse and all that type of stuff like that, you gotta have a quarterback that has that. I feel like Tua has that too. Right. I feel like right. I feel like J- I feel like Jalen Hurts has it as well too. But the thing with Jalen Hurts is he's limited in his throwing power and he's definitely limited in his accuracy. So to me it just doesn't match up unless you just build an offense where you just pretty much try to Lamar Jackson a situation, kind of like some hybrid thing, which I know the Bengals won't do. So all these situations I run through my brain all the time, and Joe Burrow can adapt to all these different offenses. He's already running a pro-style offense. That's the guy. And if he ain't there, I'll take Tua, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll wait till he gets healthy. But under no circumstances am I banking on the following year. Because if I do get Chase Young, I know I'm winning four or five games. So then I can't even get Justin Fields or Lawrence. So all go this ahead. talk about like get Chase Young, then the next year you come back and no, you can't even think that far ahead. Like it doesn't work that way. You're not going to have that opportunity. So that's that's where I, I fall on that. And and the Bengals front office won't do that. They won't go and say if Burrows not there, I'm taking two. They won't. Yeah, they won't do that. they won't take Chase that's Young. That's the and, only and,
1: reason I'm not getting my my
2: hopes up for it. And this is yeah. why I was
1: so upset. They'll, they'll go they with Chase back. Young. They'll go with Chase Young and Dalton. Oh my God. This is why I was so upset when they brought back uh, Andy Dalton. The Bengals, man, these people take years off of my life. It's almost like they figure out how to screw up any situation. And I I just have this feeling that they're going to do it. Now, the one thing that I will say is I think that that the Giants, being that this was the same team that drafted Saquon Barkley over a quarterback, would take Chase Young. But I don't even want it to get to that point. I
2: do, I do too. But I also think the Giants will take those Dolphins picks too.
1: That is or a team, true. A team anybody with that many will holes. take those picks.
2: Anybody would take anybody. Like you have to Mike Brown to take
1: that. Like I was just posing that yesterday because when you look at the twenty sixteen haul that the Rams or the Titans got for Jared Goff, essentially the number one pick, they traded a number one that year, a number one the next year. Two number twos that year, two number threes that year. Like that's a hall. That's and, a hall. And and, who...
2: and, and, and and I don't think and for me, the Bengals don't need a hall to to win. They right. need a quarterback. Right. Like that's the that's the, like people feel like. But Man, we got like many... the
1: Giants needs a hall. <laughs> they need a
2: haul. Like the Bengals. Like don't get me wrong. Yeah, we need a haul. Like yeah, I would like to fix. So many positions. I would like to take two of those picks and go linebacker and go get me the best guard available. Come back with Cordy Glenn and Jonah, and my line is fixed. Period. Right. And I got backups in Jordan. I got a good backup in Billy Price. I, like, that line is fixed. Like, so part of me says, yeah, take the hall. But the impact of it, the cultural impact on it, and free agents coming into the city and all that stuff like that will be the exact same. We'll have the same people getting overpaid. You'll have the same Drake Kirkpatrick for the world getting contracts that you're not liking. You're not going to get legit uh, like the, like Shaquille Barrett for the world coming here because they know what I know. The quarterback is the key, and and the hall is not worth it to me because Joe Burrow will get you the hall. Right.
1: You oh, see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Like Joe Burrow will get you the hole. Like you, you gotta play the game. Like this is, this is chess. Like initially, right. yeah, short term on the surface, hell yeah, you getting all those picks and filling all the holes. You if you can hit on thirty percent of those picks, I mean, shoot, but, you be you be talking fringe fringe playoffs.
1: Look Just at the off-back. Titans now. They passed on their quarterback. Now they're gonna probably be walking away from Mariota. They've got all that talent, but they still can't do anything because they don't have a quarterback. But with that being said. Mariota, Oregon
2: quarterback. Mariota, Oregon quarterback. Hello,
1: <laughs> hello, McFly.
2: Hello, <laughs> radar, radar. Are you Herbert boys out there? Radar, Mariota, Achilles Smith, Oregon quarterback. Hello,
1: Joey Wait Harrison.
2: Up. Joey here. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, right. But this has been the Origins of the New Black podcast. Thank you guys for listening and thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you guys rocking with us this season. Uh, I am Ace Boogie. You can find myself on New Stripe City, the YouTube channel. He is Zem Hooday. You can find him at, on Instagram at Zim underscore Hooday on IG. Um, this has been the Orange's New Black Podcast.
2: We're out. Who they Hit the button, Ace. Don't forget. Leave this part on there, too. Hit the record button. And we're out. Right. <laughs> right. who they?